Hey, well, good morning. Thank you guys for being part of today. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors, and welcome to those of you inside, and welcome to those of you outside, and welcome to those of you that are streaming this live and watching it at home. And so I hope uh, wow, music was, was good and the worship was, was great, and we're just glad that you're part of this. Hey, we are in a series that we are calling Summer of Love, which sounds a lot like the hippie stuff in the 1960s on purpose. You know, we did this on purpose. And some of you have really gone back on the internet to see if I really was back then a hippie. <laughs> and, and then a picture actually did surface of me. Go ahead and show that one there. So that, was, uh, <laughs> so that was actually how I spent my time in those days uh, back then at that, that, that point in time. Hey, we have been together looking at what Jesus said, and he said this. This is real love, not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I and mean, that's what real love is, a deep, massive, sacrificial love given for us. And then it says this, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. And there it is. God loved us, and because of that, we now love each other. With the sacrificial love that Jesus gave, we have a sacrificial love towards one another. And so we've been going through this series called Summer of Love, and we've talked about hard-to-love people, and some of you thought we were talking about you, and maybe we were, okay? And we've also talked about, <clears throat> last week we dealt with the whole idea of forgiveness, and I hope that you had the opportunity to take care of any forgiveness issues you might have had between you and, and somebody else. I hope that's over and gone. Now it's going to try and resurrect itself, but you now can learn how to push it back down again. But there's something else that is really key in this whole love thing, and, and that would be letting yourself be loved. Learning to let yourself be loved, because a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to be loved by others. We think love is only just what we give out, but sometimes it's something that we have to be able to allow to come in again. And it deals with issues like forgiving yourself. It deals with issues like feeling worthy of being loved. And your relationship with God and your relationship with others. How many times have I talked to people that have said, I just don't feel worthy of God's love? Or I just don't feel worthy of somebody else's love? There's too much bad on the inside. And so I want to spend a few minutes talking about that on how to let yourself be loved. And maybe if it's not an issue for you whatsoever, you will have people in your life that are struggling with this. And so this will give you an ability to really, really um, minister and help them. Let's take a second and pray, can we? Father, thank you for these moments, God, of, of love for us. Help us to learn how to open ourselves up to the love that you have for us in Christ so that we might be better at this thing called life. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's no secret, and I told you before, when I was in high school, I had a crush on Linda Ronstadt deal with it. Okay, I did. <clears throat> and she covered the Eagles song. Remember this one? Desperado. Remember that song, Desperado? <clears throat> and um, it's all about that song is not a cowboy song. It's letting yourself be what? It's letting yourself be loved. That's what the song is about. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? Come down from your fences and open the gate. 
It may be raining, but there's a rainbow above you. You better let somebody what? You better let somebody love you mm -hmm, before it's too late. And that's what it's about, the kind of the rough cowboy kind of a person that builds up all these walls and these fences around himself and doesn't let anybody love them. <clears throat> and you think, wow, <clears throat> that's true. And you sometimes want to say to people, you, know, you, you better let somebody really love you on the inside, the deepest part of you, before you shut it off and it's, and it's too late. I'm going to talk a little bit about just how God has wired us for this thing called love. The deepest part of you was, was made to be loved by God and loved by others. We were designed to love and be loved. I mean, we just were. We were designed to love and be loved. The Bible says this, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. I mean, even before the foundation of the world, you were designed to be loved. Now, personalize that verse. Make it with, with your name on it, or you. Even before he made the world, God loved me and chose me in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God loved you before the universe began. In fact, you look through the whole Bible... People say, well, what's the Bible all about? It's about a relationship. It's about a relationship that God wants to have with you. It's a relationship that God has, God the Father has with God the Son, and he wants to include us in this love relationship, and by so doing, open up the relationships that we have with each other. That's what Scripture is about. That's what the Bible is about. In the Bible, in Genesis, God made human beings, and there was Adam and God, and <clears throat> Adam was alone, so God brought all the animals there to find somebody for Adam. Lizards? No. Skunks? No. Horses? No. Getting warmer, though. Cats? No. But getting colder now. You're getting colder now. <clears throat> Not even a dog. Not even a dog was enough. <clears throat> the Bible says, then the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper who's just right for them. And he made Eve, and there you go. Now, what, what goes on next is really important because it helps us understand the openness that we are to have to one another. <clears throat> it says this, now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. And we're not just simply talking about no clothes on. That's just not the whole story of what it's talking about here. It's talking about complete vulnerability, complete openness. Nothing's hidden from each other. No emotions that were being hidden, no thoughts that were being hidden, no, no nothing that was being hidden, one to another. That depth of closeness. And I'll say a little bit later, it says, now the man, Adam, knew Eve as his wife, and she conceived and gave birth. And the, the, it's a cool word, that word, no, and every other translation has, has had sexual relationships with. But actually, the word is no. He knew her, meaning they were so close. And that means that the deepest part of, of them opened up to the deepest part of each other. And you put these concepts together, you have naked and new, and you have complete vulnerability and complete openness. Do you understand the dynamic that was going on there? Nothing hidden whatsoever, no hidden thoughts, feelings, emotions, anything. Complete, complete vulnerability to one another. And with that, you have the ability to share and give and care for and be accepted and understand hurts and faults and care for and accept and all that kind of stuff that goes with that. And some of this involves, obviously, husband and wife stuff. 
But the basic foundation is there. We are to be open and vulnerable to one another. That's where relationships happen, when you open up. That's the only way you can be loved. Well, the next is really become, and they did this, we become really good at hiding from love. We become very, very good at doing that. And if you keep reading Genesis 3, you'd find the temptation. It just wasn't to eat a piece of good-looking fruit. It was, you can be like God. And God doesn't seem to, to need anybody, and so you can become like God and not need anybody and be in charge of this whole thing. And the sin and the effects still hit us today. It says this, the eyes of both of them were opened. They realized that they were naked. Isn't that interesting that the first thing they realized is they were completely open to one another? So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. First they covered, then they hide. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? He said, I, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid. And those combination of words, naked and hid, naked and hid, I covered and I hid, I covered and I hid, covered and hide, covered and hide. Do you understand why we have trouble being loved? Because we, in our shame or our vulnerability or in our understanding of our self-concept of who we are, we feel like we're exposed, so we hide. We cover, we hide, we cover, we hide, we cover, and we hide. So when Linda Ronstadt sings, Let Somebody Love You, if I'm covering and hiding, I can't. Because what we do is then we start to create a facsimile of who... We want others to think that we are, and, and because they are looking at the facsimile, they might love that, but they don't really love us. And on the inside, then, there's a feeling of, of, of hurt, pain, and emptiness on the inside. We become great at pretend, and then we fear what we need most. We start to fear the very thing that we need most, which is love. And isn't that, isn't that the weird thing about us? Whoosh, you know, the thing that we need the most, we fear. And what they needed most was God and each other, but they were afraid. They were afraid now of God and each other. And they blame and hide and blame, and, and that's what brokenness does. It breaks the connection. John Townsend wrote a book called Hiding from Love. It's a great book. If, if you want to get it, it says the isolation of any part of our soul from love will always produce a problem. The isolation of any part of our soul from love will always produce a problem. Every, every time you hide something from love, there's a problem that becomes that, that starts to arise. And it's like a garden. Any part of the garden that's not watered isn't going to produce. It just doesn't produce. And there's something that happens when we hide. <laughs> we think that we're protecting ourselves by closing the gate. I'm going to protect myself by closing this gate. I got hurt. I don't want to get hurt. I'll close the gate and not let others in. What we don't realize is the gate's a cage. And we've now put ourselves in a cage. And the unfortunate thing about putting ourselves in that kind of a cage is we close the gate and what's inside that, that cage is me and the injured part of myself that created those destructive parts of me, the destructive memories. I kind of just trapped the unhealed parts inside with me. And there's no way I can let others come in to help heal it. So I've trapped the unhealed parts of me there inside this cage. 
I'm not going to let you in, and I'm not going to let God in, but those are the very things that can, can heal me and help me. And the only relational memories that are available to me inside my cage are the ones that injured me. You see how it's just a, a horrific situation. And we all do it to some extent. I, I get that. I understand it. Um, I just trap bad inside the cage. And trying to, to protect myself, I've trapped those things. And it leads to fear and it leads to panic attacks and anxiety. And sometimes compulsive behaviors result from this kind of stuff. And, and again, I, I, have, I have no qualms with the fact that we're pretty messed up people. And we really are. But aloofness, an ability to commit, sometimes anger problems, frustration, obviously loneliness. I remember in high school, for me, I remember consciously saying this to myself. You know, they can't not like me if they don't know me. If I don't reveal to them who I am, then there's nothing to not like. And you think, oh, what a sad state. But that was my protection. If I don't give them anything to not like, they can't like it. They can't not like it. And, and it worked. Of course, there's a cost involved to that. Um, have you ever seen those feel-good posts? Sometimes they're on the Internet or even commercials about an animal that needs rescuing. You know, sometimes they're in front of because you know that, you know, the dog or the cat or the animal or the horse or the deer or whatever else is trapped in a fence or something like that. And these, these people are doing all they can to rescue the animal, you know. And the animal doesn't want to get rescued, you know. It's like a deer that's stuck in a, in a mud pit or something like that. And they're trying to figure out how to do it without scaring the deer to death. And, and the animal is not sure what's going on, um, but that which they need the most is that which they fear, you know. That what they need the very most is that what they're, they're fearing, and, and, you know, you want to say, as you're watching the screen, you want to say, go, oh, come on, come on, you know, go to that person or come out of that little, that little pipe there if you can. And, and you know it's a feel-good thing, unless I wouldn't have posted it on the Internet. It's a feel-good thing, and you eventually see the dog or the horse or the animal out running or playing with just a few, uh, you know, full, beautiful coat or, or, or things like that going on. And, and really, that's what the rest of God's plan in the Bible is all about. We are that starved creature trapped up in our fence, or wrapped up in our messes, and we're starving to death, and we got our little coats on, and sometimes we don't know it, and God's plan is to rescue us, to bring us back to himself, and then to bring us back to each other, and recovering the brokenness, and getting rid of the sin. So once more, we, no, we can say, I no longer have to cover or hide. I don't have to cover or hide. No longer do I have to cover. No longer do I have to hide. So Jesus comes with his prayer, and his prayer is this, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I in you. And you understand for unity to take place, you can no longer cover or hide. You have to open up. So there's always hope for us in hiding, always hope for you. How do I, how do I begin to come out of hiding, you know? How do, I, how do I do that? Linda Ronstadt sang the other song, you know, when will I be loved? You know, when? When will I be loved? And, and it starts with, and again, establish a growing relationship with Jesus. You have to establish that growing relationship with Jesus. Listen to what the Bible says. Perfect love drives out all what? All fear. 
Perfect love drives out all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Perfect love, God's perfect love, will drive out that fear, needing to hide and needing to cover. And if you still have fear, fear of God, or fear of revealing yourself to him or to others, it means you've not been able to experience the perfection of his love for you. First John 4, 8, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. There we go. I mean, trust. And, and this is, you know, kind of like, remember we played the game hide and seek? You know, and then at the end of the game, you'd always say what? You know, come out, come out wherever you are. You know, come out, come out wherever you are. And this is what God has been saying for 2,000 years. Come out. You don't need to hide anymore. The Bible says God's love and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. I just love this house. The Bible is so complete in all of this. And we're not born with this relationship with God thing. We have to choose it. We have to make that choice and to say, Jesus, forgive me. You know every single stinking part of my life. And I can't do this on my own any longer. And the first thing that comes up against us is what we talked about earlier. How could God love somebody as messed up as me? And what are we trying to do again? We're trying to cover and hide. We're going to cover and hide again. And God says, don't you understand? I know all those parts about you, every single part about you. And I died for those things. That's why I died for you. And you say, well, I'm just too stupid, God. I've, I've messed up again. And God says, don't you think I already knew that? I already knew that before the foundation of the world. I knew that. And you say, well, I'm just kind of a this or I'm kind of a that. And God says, I need a person exactly like you. I've made too many mistakes. I need somebody that's made some mistakes. Well, I'm just not very smart in this area. I need somebody not very smart in this area. I need somebody just like you here. And then John says all this stuff about love, and he says this. We love because he first loved us. And there it is. See the completeness of this whole, the whole thing. And I, I can now love and be loved because he first loved me, and I, and I understand unconditional love. And if I understand unconditional love, then I can now begin to give unconditional love. Second thing is grow, grow relationships with safe people. God didn't say, my love is enough, believe it or not. He said, you need other people around you. We do. We honestly do. I must find a safe person around you. Um, a safe person gives three things, grace, truth, and time. Grace, truth, and time, those things. Um, there are some people who give truth with no grace, and they will say, snap out of it, get out there and meet people, you know, like that will help, you know. Um, well, you need to start opening the gate to safe people, to safe people. And I need in my life someone to walk with me to the truth in the context of grace and give me time to work it out, grace, truth, and time. Be a person of grace, truth, and time for others, please. Don't say snap out of it. It takes grace and truth and time. Third is become part of a family of people committed to Jesus and to each other. Big, bold statement says this, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. The Bible would not know a believer in Christ who is not connected to a body. 
It just doesn't know that. It just doesn't understand that concept. It doesn't grasp that that's a reality, that we are part of a body, one with, it, with another. And God wants us to do more than just simply cope or survive, but to have safe and loving relationships. And the brokenness or the betrayal that maybe you had in your marriage or in your family, it can, it can be actually have a secondary family here. You can have others in your life. Embrace yourself. Here's what happens when we have a, a church family. Go ahead and hit the next one, I think. All of those one another's that are in the Bible are there. Compassionate, interested in one another, meeting one another, greeting, compassion, carrying each other's burdens. And what happens is in a safe environment, your defenses don't go away, actually, and the goal is not to tear away your defenses, but to make your defenses unnecessary. You'll still have the defenses. It just makes them unnecessary. You ever been to the tide pools? Of course you have. You live at the beach here. You go to the tide pools, and you see, and have you ever seen those little, those little crab things, you know, that's there? And if you poke your head up and over, you know, all of a sudden they go, you know, they just, they just slam down into that little, their little shell there. That's their defense, and, and it's understandable because they're little and small, and there's lots of birds around. They'll eat them up. But if you stand there long enough, you know, it's quiet enough and calm enough, it, it, it begins to come out again. It still has this defense, but it's now able to move and walk and be free. The defense is still there in case it's necessary, but it's no longer necessary. And therefore, the desire of a church family or connection in your life is to make your defenses no longer necessary. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Um, we think that going through life as a solitary, strong person, maybe it's so awesome, you know, the Lone Ranger type person, you know, I'm just going to be a Lone Ranger or the, the lone cowboy riding the range, you know, riding his fences, you know. The Eagle song, uh, Desperado, it says, freedom, oh freedom, that's just some people talking. And listen to what this says. Your prison is walking through this world all alone. The Bible says this, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. God's heart is actually fixed on healing, the isolation that we have, because this universe is about relationship, the relationship that God wants to have with you. And God wants you to do more than just simply cope or survive and if the hiding and covering really come from sin, then openness actually comes from him. And forgiveness and love, and God can provide both. And for you, it's, it's for you to take a step out of that. I'm going to invite you to close your, close your eyes and maybe bow your head with me, please. We're going to take a second before God in prayer and maybe a moment of thought or meditation or maybe speaking directly to God in this time. Lord, thank you for love for us. Thank you, God, that you have given us. Um, you've given us ways to connect. You've taken the first step to do that through Jesus Christ. Even though we cover, even though we hide, even though we try and do it from you, 
You say, none of those things matter. They don't. You say, I've seen your sin. I've seen your shame. I love you. I love you the same. It, it, it doesn't matter to me. And that kind of love should compel us to open up our hearts to him. To say to him, Jesus, God, help me. Help me now. Open myself to you. And based on that, help me to open myself up to others, too. Help me not be the hindrance of love to other people. Help me be so filled with love from you that I can now reach out to other people, love them. And God, so thank you. Thank you so much for what you're going to do for us because we are opening ourselves up to the love of Jesus Christ. And we thank you in your name. Amen. I love how Paul made it so clear, it's so obvious that it begins with opening our hearts to the love of God, to receive what Jesus has done on the cross for us so that we can be set free. And if today you are recognizing that that's your next step, your first step to a life in Christ, um, I hope that you will um, just really lean into that, enjoy that, follow that, pursue that. And one of the ways to do that is to let us know so that we can partner with you in a growing faith and take those steps to, to live like Jesus. We'd also like to help you get into that community with others, those safe people, by getting involved in a life group. And so we would love to help assist with that as well. Please mark your communication card or talk to me after the service, and we will uh, work to help you get in a group or maybe even start a group with some other friends that you have a, a heart for to go on that same journey with you. We offer a lot of support and um, development to help you grow a group and be, be part of that. So please take those steps in your life. Those are the steps God wants for us. Uh, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand as we get ready to end in one final song and just to remind you that if you do have an offering or a communication card to turn in, drop that in the buckets or the stand thing there as you leave this morning. Thank you so much for being here and we'll see you here next week. Thank you.